Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. It is really cool having everybody here. We have a great show for you. Let me just ask you a question. Do you think some days that you're never going to find the love of your life? Do you think some days you're just not meant for love? I was looking at a magazine cover um, I think it was Us Magazine or Style Magazine. Or, and on the cover magazine was the former Bachelorette. And the question uh, that, that was out there was, am I undateable? Am I undateable? And, of course, you know, if you know who this Bachelorette is, she's gone through a couple of, <laughs> a couple of rounds <laughs> on The Bachelor. Uh, while I, I think it made uh, interesting television, certainly doesn't reflect the life of love. Well, today, uh, Dr. Stan Tatkin is joining me here today, author, relationship expert. We're going to be talking about what it means to be wired for love, how understanding your partner's brain can help uh, and attachment style can help you diffuse conflict and build a secure relationship. Now, this is really important. Here's the deal. All of us think about partners, people we connect with, and the first thing we ask them is what their sign is. Now, we want to know something about them. We want to know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a Sagittarius, you're a Virgo, what is that going to mean? I mean, there's an entire industry out there that's trying to, to pinpoint how people get matched up, what they do, and if there is a quick fix, like if you're an Aquarius, don't ever get into relationship with somebody that's got their moon and everything else in Sagittarius. Well, today, we're not talking about that. We're talking about how each and every one of us uh, can be wired for love. And thanks to my very special guest joining me here today, Dr. Stan, we're going to take you through this. We're going to take you through some of the most groundbreaking research that is out there, things that we've discovered about being wired. Dr. Stan is a clinician, researcher, teacher, developer, a developer of the psych- psychobiological approach to couples therapy. And so he's joining me here today as a clinical professor in family medicine at the University of California, Los Angeles, and somebody that has been out in the world and has been in front of hundreds of people, helping them figure out what the heck is going on here. Dr. Stan, welcome to the show. Hi, Pat, and I'm a, I'm a Scorpio, by the way. There you go. See, you know, and it's interesting, Scorpio and Sagittarius, that's kind of an interesting combination. But, you know, you understand what I'm trying to say. Yes, I do. You know, people are looking for some kind of one sheet, kind of like a PR page, right? That, you know, you get this, this, this one sheet that says, this is how I am. This is who you are. Now, if I don't hang up my shirts in an exact way, it's going to cause you a problem. But in a sense, there's something to be said about that, especially in wiring the brain, isn't there? Well, yeah, and it's funny you said something uh, you just now about the way uh, I hang up my shirts. Um, I, I think people are, are, are often surprised um, by the idea that, that everyone is annoying. I mean, there is no low-maintenance person uh, around. 
at least not up close. And, and people um, do annoying things. That's normal. Uh, there's a difference, though, between uh, being annoying and being threatening uh, or dangerous. And I think that's the problem that most people have is how to remain friendly uh, when you're really, really close to somebody and not trigger a threat response, which is very easy to do. Well, you know, threat responses, and you know, we don't we don't think of these things as threat responses. But uh, we, actually, if you come from the kind of um, uh, you know uh, subculture that I come from, from, you know, yelling at each other over dinner is actually a sign of, a, a, of affection. You see, absolutely, absolutely. And the same in my Mediterranean families, Jewish families, which I'm from, um, you know, often raise their voices and argue. Uh, this is not a problem because children don't pay attention to the the sounds of voices so much as the faces of their parents and whether their parents are actually afraid, uh, fearful, um, uh, and, and uh, aren't able to take care of each other. The children don't like that. Uh, so it's really not the, the sound uh, of people fighting so much as um, do people look like they're friendly or do they look predatory? Do they look like they're afraid or do they look like they're not able to repair uh, injuries. Um, that's what kids and adults don't like, actually. You know, let's talk about this. Um, is there such a thing as a happy couple? Of course. I, I'm, I'm happily married. I, uh, my wife believes she's happily married. Um, I'm, we have many mentor couples, which I recommend to people who are older than us who are happily married that we look up to. Um, there are definitely mar- happily married uh, people. Yeah, and you know the reason that this this question comes up is because, and, and I'm I'm sure that you know you've you've talked about this and you've addressed it is that right now the economy everybody points to the economy. Some people say that the divorce rate is down because people just can't afford to get divorced. Yeah. And uh, and marriage, by the way, the statistics on marriage are at an all time low. Yeah, not and, only in just this country, but also in other countries too, in in Europe too, uh, where they're having financial uh, difficulties. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, but the assumption that everybody wants to make is that people are miserable and they're just staying in there. You know, it's hard to know what to believe at this point, Dr. Stan, I think. What's your take on it? Well, I I think that from my point of view, primary attachment relationships, in other words, um, uh, when people pair up and they commit to one another or feel that they're committing to one another, um, uh, even moving in together will will uh, activate the same kinds of problems that I talk about in the book. So marriage, not marriage, um, I think we're wired to to connect and to pair bond. So uh, marriage happens to be a huge trigger, but uh, but even when we're committed to somebody, dating them exclusively, um, the things we talk about uh, come up as well. So. Well, you know, let's talk about the the book. You to you know outline this in such a just amazing way. You, we're getting a lot of information about science now, so isn't that exciting? That you know those of you that have been doing this for quite some time are now getting some scientific information to validate some of the theories and approaches that you've had all along that have been quite successful, actually. Absolutely, yes. It's it's a great time to be in this field. Um, but uh, this is not just uh, looking at the brain and the brain development, which is getting now a big boost with uh, technology. But we also look at uh, infants and their infant uh, and infants' relationship with their caregivers, 
and find that infant attachment, what happens during childhood with the most important people in our lives, really influences how we are, how we feel about moving toward and away from the most important people in our adult lives as well. You know, if you had to pick three things that you've discovered in your practice, three at the top three of your list, yes. three things, three patterns, um, three events that you've discovered as to why some Greek people are happy and some are not, what would you come up with? At the top of my list would be on a nervous system level that people, uh, some people that pair up don't know how to uh, remain friendly to each other in the face of, of instant uh, feeling of being threatened. You know, there's a part of our brain that is not very smart, but it's very, very good at what it does, and it, it, it's, it's invested in keeping us from being killed. Uh, and we can feel threatened, even by somebody that we love very much, by the look on their face, the tone of their voice, the way they move, the way they talk. And uh, these threat systems are very easily activated. Uh, some people are very good at noticing this by paying attention to their partner's face and fixing it very quickly. Others are not so good. And those people, unfortunately, begin to accrue a lot of bad feelings and a lot of fear and uh, anticipatory fear, which then leads to a lot of avoidance. So at the top of my list would be um, two nervous systems that don't know how to get along uh, uh, and uh, they don't know how to fix and repair things. The second thing, I think, is uh, couples not realizing that they have to form a kind of a bubble or a couple bubble around themselves and protect that relationship, the safety and security system of that relationship. And, you know, we all hear about people who get married multiple times, um, and they make the same mistakes. They allow third things, third people, um, activities, uh, tasks, to get in the way of the relationship and one or the other partner becomes marginalized or becomes a third will, and that will never work in this kind of relationship. Um, the, the, the adult love relationship is really unlike any other, and sometimes people will come to me and say, well, gosh, you know, my, my sister doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't have a problem with me, and I don't have a problem with my coworkers, and the answer to that is, well, marry them and see what happens. Because um, there's something about this this uh, relationship, the primary attachment adult relationship, that is most like the one in our childhood. So uh, a lot of people come to the table not knowing how to manage one another, not knowing how to take care of one another, perhaps because they didn't see it as a child. Um, and they uh, they treat one another in a way that, is unfair, unjust, and insensitive, and uh, insensitive, and that is an unsustainable model. People who come to the table with that idea that uh, it has to be good for me, and if it's not good for you, uh, so be it. Um, so that would be the third thing. Yeah, uh, the a social contract, uh, a a principle-based relationship based on true mutuality. It has to be good for me and you. Um, couples often uh, come without that model in mind. 
You know, this that is actually something I do want to talk with you more about. I mean, many people and, you know, I remember when social exchange theory got a lot of press, right. um, both in, uh, in relationships uh, between people one-on-one and in organizations. And then all of a sudden, the idea of a social exchange or any kind of exchange theory kind of you know, took a second seat to other things. And someone said to me once, well, that's because one of the main factors in that is trust. When yeah. we come back from break, I would love to talk with you about this and to talk about the 10 scientific principles. For those of you out there, yes, it is February. Yeah, you're going to go out there and you're going to get that chocolate and you're going to think that that's going to heal all. Well, we'll find out if it does. Wired for Love, that's the book. My very special guest joining me here today, Dr. Stan Tatkin, when we come back, we'll be talking about this exchange idea. And also, what are those 10 scientific principles? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. The root cause of disease is not what you think. Doctors are treating the symptoms, not the root cause, because they haven't been trained to do so. Dr. Alex Lloyd has developed a simple technique that has saved thousands of people from lives of frustrating and debilitating illnesses. This technique has been featured on national broadcast and cable television in People, Time, and USA Today. If you are ready to heal and tired of being treated, visit DrAlexHealingCodes.com, where you will find free life-changing information. Imagine a chocolate so decadent that you'd never believe it could be good for you. Align your inner bliss with Mother Nature's magic. The power of cold-pressed cocoa by Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Shasai is everything you ever dreamed healthy should taste like. We combine unprocessed cocoa with acai and blueberry for an unbeatable high-oxidant powerhouse. Shasai, the healthy chocolate. Visit us at LifesaverChocolate.com or call 888 287 2011. Steak Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistic Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit us at drdarvish.com. That's D-R-D-A-R-V-I-S-H dot com. Are you ready for an extraordinary life? Introducing Spectrum Life Design Education. Spectrum seminars and training are intended for you to discover and redesign the core beliefs that generate your life results, circumstances, and experiences by utilizing a synergistic approach to the art of living. Participants are provided with experiential and practical tools that raise their level of consciousness that embrace the whole person, mind, body, heart, and spirit. These principles allow you to transform your ability to engage your authentic yearnings, to profoundly connect with yourself and others, along with maximizing your potential and greatest dreams. For more information as well as a course schedule, please visit them at SpectrumLifeDesign.com. That's SpectrumLifeDesign.com. 
Tune in each Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern for the hit show, Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, the Fog City Psychic. Spark your spirit and ignite your soul with spiritual conversation and enlightening guests that will help you get clear and catapult you into action. You'll meet metaphysical movers and shakers, intuitives, spiritual visionaries, and more. Want an on-air reading? Karen's down-to-earth style and lively curiosity delivers the compassionate, no-nonsense, intuitive advice that's become her trademark. Visit FogCityPsychic.com and book your reading today. Get inspired. Create the life you desire with internationally known radio host and motivational speaker Sue London. Sue inspires millions of people to overcome difficult or traumatic situations in their lives. People feel hope, courage, and are ready to move forward after hearing Sue speak. Book motivational speaker Sue London for your next event at AskSueLondon.com. That's AskSueLondon.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive uh, the Thrive By. Wired for Love is the book. Dr. Stan Tatkin joining me here today. Listen. We go through a lot of things in our lives. Certainly couples have struggled during very, very tough economic times, not just here in this country, but, you know, worldwide. And the question then becomes, you know, what can we do to understand how each other operates? What does science do to support this? And, you know, can you simply make things, all things well, by handing a box of chocolate to somebody. Well, that's why Dr. Stan is joining us here today. We're going to talk about the 10 scientific principles because there are, you know, there is science behind things. But sometimes I think, Dr. Stan, there are some basic old school things that we should remind each other of. Thank you for joining me here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Look it. Valentine's Day is coming. Yep. We're going to go figure out what we can buy our partners. Right. And to make an entire year of craziness go away. How is that working for us? Well, I hope it's not to make an entire year <laughs> go away. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day is, uh, you know, is a day of expectation that people, um, you know, uh, do something that really we would like them to do every day, um, uh, not just save it for one time a year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whether it's, you know, leaving notes, uh, 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 giving uh, things that mean something to the other person, um, not just, uh, you know, throwaway things. Um, instead of giving uh, roses to somebody who likes daisies, giving them daisies. But, uh, you know, it, it is um, often a time when people get very, very upset Valentine's Day with each other for failing to do that one thing that, uh, that, that suggests that the other person loves them. Um, so, but we really want people to do Valentine's Day every day. Well, we do. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, certainly you've probably been busier than ever. Um, <laughs> I refer to these economic times, but, you know, some people say that, you know, it's really difficult to, in relationships when you have sexual issues. But most people will agree when you have financial issues, it is unbearable. Um, what have you learned in your practice and in this thing we're calling right now uh, psychobiology? How yeah. is this now breakthrough work to help us understand how to be wired for love in a very beautiful way? 
Well, you said a lot there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, as, as far as um, people under stress, you know, there, there are things that, that all couples come in uh, complaining about, money, time, sex, mess, and kids among them. And money, of course, like you said, is a, is a big one having to do with safety and security. But we find that, that couples that are actually very skillful and very good at protecting uh, the safety and security system of their relationship in, uh, in the 10 ways that uh, we talk about in the book um, are really able to handle a lot of the outside stressors um, without uh, crashing the relationship. So, you know, these events that put great strain and stress on couples, just like the human body, just like the mind, um, depending on our resilience and, and how strong we are and how capable we are to begin with, uh, these events really often just show up some of the weaknesses that already uh, exist. Um, and that's the case in relationships. Uh, along comes a stressor, and uh, one couple survives it, another couple doesn't. And I think uh, the couple that uh, does survive um, uh, has certain qualities, has certain agreements, um, uh, is built a certain way that can handle, uh, you know, windstorms and, and tornadoes and earthquakes. So you know, one of the things that, you know, you also talk about in the book is this this idea of getting to know each other really well. Having each other's owner's manual. Exactly. Right. Um, and couples, I, I want to ask you, how motivated are couples to do that in your experience? Well, you know, there's nothing uh, like pain to motivate people to do things. Um, oh, my gosh, yeah. When, when people are in distress... Uh, you know, they tend to want to, especially if, if, uh, if they're afraid of losing their partner or losing their marriage. Um, this, this kind of stuff is, is very um, realistic, uh, um, sensible, uh, you know. Uh, nobody is not attracted to these ideas um, that, you know, that we talk about, uh, such as really knowing how the other person works and know how to uh, manage one another properly in the best way you know, without using fear or threat. Um, these are very appealing ideas. I rarely hear of anybody who says, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think I want to do that. Um, uh, in fact, none of these ideas uh, are rejected generally by people. You know, one of the things, uh, and uh, there's so much in the book, for those of you who just tuned in, I'm, uh, I'm talking about the book Wired for Love. Uh, Dr. Stan Tatkin joining me here today. One of the, the things in the book that when I was reading your book talks about this level of um, be vulnerability. Uh, and you talk about some common vulnerabilities. And I just thought to myself, what's the perfect container for a couple to talk about this? Because I would imagine that this is... Um, how should I say it? Talking about vulnerabilities makes you vulnerable. Well, y- yes, and uh, in this in this particular approach, we expect uh, each partner to be responsible for the other's vulnerability. Um, in other words, I I know with my partner where she the three or four areas where she's vulnerable from childhood, and she'll probably be that way till the day she dies. She knows that about me as well, and. Um, you know, if, if, if either of us are, you know, in pain about something, uh, you know, we generally can guess what it is. We don't have to ask, you know, what's bothering you, which is a little like saying after a while you've been married for a while, uh, you know, who are you? Um, so we, kind of, we, we know these things, and, and uh, in this work we expect partners to know the three or four things 
that uh, that make uh, the other vulnerable throughout life, and we expect the other partner to really provide the the uh, the healing, the repair. Um, uh, and that this is something partners do for each other. Um, they know just what to say uh, to lift their partner up, to move that partner to tears uh, in a good way, to calm, to soothe, to excite, um, to attract. Uh, we, we want partners to be experts on each other and to know how um, to affect the other very, very quickly in a way that nobody else would be able to do. I want to ask you a question, um, you know, because this idea of getting to know each other, um, a question came up in a show I did earlier this week around technology and moving into the age of social media. And someone said, made a comment that, um, one of the listeners made a comment that said, you know, there's nothing wrong with social media if both of you are into it. And I thought, okay. That's really kind of interesting because there are different degrees. In your experience, what have you discovered? What, what, what is the effect of or influence of social media on couples and relationships? Well, you know, I, uh, those of us who are getting older um, are, are, are not going to be able to understand some of the changes that are going on um, with regard to social media. Uh, because the social media, all these new technologies change the brain um, and people adapt. But with couples, I think it's really great that couples are now able to text each other and, uh, and send pictures to each other, uh, tweet each other during the day as a way of keeping, um, uh, maintaining a tether to one another. I, I don't think it's a good idea when uh, couples are in distress or when they're in trouble or they have to talk about something that is um, difficult to do this uh, in any way other than face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and in close physical proximity because of the way our brain operates, the way our eye is designed, and, uh, and the, way, um, uh, the way we actually regulate one another. So when it comes to feeling good, when we're feeling good, I think you know, um, uh, using text messaging and so on like that is, uh, works fine. Even the phone works fine. But if we're in trouble, we're not feeling good, I think that's the time to forget the phone, forget uh, the, uh, the iPod, and, uh, and go face-to-face, eye-to-eye, and deal with it. Not even driving the car uh, facing forward. I think people should actually pull over and, and again, go face-to-face. As for using social media um, uh, going outside of the relationship, um, this is something we talk about in terms of how couples manage thirds. Uh, which is one of the biggest problems that, uh, uh, that I think that breaks people up is their understanding that the relationship uh, has to remain primary. And so uh, uh, what happens between me and my partner, our relationship comes first. And intruders, that could be my work, it could be uh, people in my life, family, uh, uh, I have to make a decision each time uh, who's going to lose the battle for my attention. Um, and it can't be my partner too much, and nor can it be me for her. So this idea of, of other things, uh, technology, tasks, work, um, uh, it, that I think is timeless. It doesn't really matter what, uh, what's popular. Um, if you don't put the relationship first and you allow third things to interfere and marginalize your partner too much, your relationship is not going to last very long. 
Well, this is part of what we're going to be talking about here. Dr. Stan is joining us. Dr. Stan is in the house, wired for love. When we come back, we're going to be talking about this thing that people call fighting fairly. You know, what does Dr. Stan think about that? Is there such a thing as a fair fight? And how the heck do you do it? The word fight and fair, it's almost like an oxymoron for a lot of people. You know, what's in and what's out. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking about all the things that you can do to express your feelings and some of the things that are just absolutely off limit. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie DeLuce at info at ronniedeleuceonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie DeLuce, your partner in wellness. Are you looking for that special gift that will uplift, inspire, and give a heart a voice to express itself? Let our 365 messages of gratitude box diffused in English and French connect you daily with the essence of gratitude. Open daily a message of gratitude and gracefully move through your day. Offer this gift of gratitude to a hostess, a teacher, a mentor, an elder, or anyone who inspires you to feel gratitude. Visit our Gratitude Living Boutique at ExplorationGratitude.com. That's ExplorationGratitude.com. TransformationTalkRadio.com. TransformationTalkRadio.com, transforming the world one listener at a time. I was dealing with anxiety and depression, and nothing seemed to help me. Then I started to work with Dr. Schaub's Breakthrough Program. In just a few sessions, he helped me to finally understand and heal the deeper root cause of my challenges. As a result, I feel more centered and confident than ever before. And now I have the tools which will continue to support me throughout my life's journey. Dr. Schaub's approach has changed my life. Hello, I'm Dr. Friedman Schaub, and I work with people across the globe to help them break through anxiety and depression and access their true potential. If you are ready to bring back confidence, joy, and meaning in your life, call us to schedule a free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. That's 866-903-6463. Or visit our website at CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Do you dream of being on the amazing race? Well, here's your chance. Grab a friend and prepare for an exhilarating race around the city when City Solve Urban Race comes to your city. Teams of two will solve clues and face fun challenges while racing around the city. The winning team gets $300 and a chance to be in the Las Vegas Championship race to compete for a grand prize of $5,000. Not only will you have a ton of fun, you'll also be helping a good cause. A portion of the proceeds will benefit a local charity. To start racing, go to City. Solve urban race.com. 
Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Stan Tatkin joining me here today. Um, I want to make sure you have lots of information. First of all, the book is Wired for Love. You know, this is going to help you enormously understand how to bring the ease and grace back into your relationship. And also, if you want to find out more about Dr. Stan, it's really easy to do. Uh, go to his website, www.ahealthymind.org. Dr. Stan, is that the right place for me to send people? I, actually, now we're changing it to, um, and easier actually, to uh, www.stantatkin.com. Oh, I like that. That's great. Um, and go to his website, and there's lots of information. Make an appointment. Take a look at his calendar. Check it out and get a copy of the book. So, okay, fighting and these 10 scientific principles. I, I think there is a, you know, a, a really cool correlation. So one of the things that it's so interesting is, you know, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl, Dr. Stan. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do I dare ask you who you're voting for there, who you're hoping to win? I'm, I, I'm, unfortunately, I lack the sports gene. There you go. Um, I'm just curious about that. But, you know, the Super Bowl, somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose big time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So we have this notion in this country especially because we're so sports-oriented, right? Somebody wins, somebody loses. Every once in a while you get a tie. And I, I guess that we bring that sort of win-lose thing, not only in our relationships, but right now, the way that corporations and the way that business and the way that work, you know, that social exchange agreement, that psychological contract, that doesn't exist anymore. So in, in a person's life, Dr. Stan, most of the time they're operating in the outside world, they may be influenced by win-lose. Right. Yet that model in relationship. How does that work? It can't. Um, it can't work. Uh, it, again, in this, in, when we're talking about love relationships, it's like no other relationship except our earliest ones. And it must uh, be based on fairness, justice, and sensitivity. It has to be in order to be sustained for a long time. So we want, you know, people to, to fight in terms of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the work. We want people to be able to fight without fear. But just like kids who learn how to rough and tumble with a responsible adult, um, they learn how to push and pull and know uh, their strength and also know when the play is over and somebody is hurt or getting hurt. Um, in partnership, uh, in love partnerships, we want people to be able to remain in the play state some way, um, showing signs of friendliness, waving the, fa- the flag of friendliness uh, enough to where both partners remain okay. Um, if one partner goes down, both partners go down. And so uh, in order to get uh, uh, you know, a good fight um, uh, to where it is uh, you know, usable, uh, helpful, 
you know, partners have to look out for each other, uh, even during the fight. Otherwise, they're going to go to war, and we easily go from love to war. Um, so in the outside world, we may be interested in being right. We may be interested in winning. But uh, in love relationships, you know, winning uh, alone can be losing. And so uh, being right, uh, I may win the, the, the fight, but I'm going to lose the war. Uh, couples who are putting the relationship first uh, will tend to think in terms of what's good for me and you, uh, even during the fight. And so, uh, it, you know, we, we can't uh, solve uh, conflicts that easily. Some conflicts never get solved, but it's the way in which we deal with them that makes or breaks uh, relationships. Uh, and if we get into situations where we feel that we're going to lose, we're going to be beaten down, trapped, um, in some way we're going to get overexcited, then we tend to want to uh, avoid that situation in the future. So Couples who are successful know how to tense and relax. They know how to uh, um, uh, create tension, fight, and then know when to let go and to switch channels and, uh, and help each other calm down uh, and then go back into fighting again. So this is really, it's not really fighting fair, it's fighting smart, uh, understanding how the brain works, understanding how the nervous system works, how people work. And, uh, and we work best when we're dealing with short uh, bursts of, of tension followed by relaxation. And this could look like fighting, but also friendliness, uh, smiles, kisses, uh, I love you, but, you know, you're a pain in the butt. Um, I'm mad at you, but you're, you're the one and only for me. There's always a sense that the relationship is okay and we'll survive, there, we're not in danger, the relationship is not in danger. This is how people are able to go back and forth uh, into conflict and then move into something else. Mm-hmm. That's what we you, know, you know, the win-win idea is a model that's been, you know, I'm going to date myself a little bit, it's been around a long time. And, you know, and we used it a lot in organizations. Um, and, you know, now as consultants going back into organizations, we don't, you know, it's hard to explain the win-win model when things are so uncertain. What's the role that uncertainty plays? And, you know, when we talk about being wired, you know, certainly there's a lot of wiring around fear going on right now. And I'm just curious as to how we can uh, offset that. Well, I, I think I understand what you mean. When yeah. Uh, if my uncertainty, let's say you and I are a, uh, are a couple, if my uncertainty um, reads to you as I don't know whether the relationship uh, will exist, um, then the ground beneath us begins to shake and both of us are in a less stable, less secure um, environment. Yes. So, I can't, you know, there's a difference between um, a question that, that, uh, that has to do with security and a question that has to do with truth. Uh, for instance, I, you know, uh, if I ask you, um, are we going to uh, be together forever and ever? Now, if you're somebody who hears that as a truth question, you'll answer with a truth answer. Um, well, yeah, you know, we could be, uh, but then maybe not. And that would not really work out very well for either of us. But that's a security question. The answer should be a security answer. Of course we will. Um, Absolutely we will. Um, And and the reason we have to pay attention to to the kinds of things that we say that have to do with with, uh, the security of the relationship itself 
uh, is that when people feel afraid that the relationship could break or won't exist, they begin to act very weird and, um, uh, and as if they're continuing to audition for the job. And, uh, and, and that really puts people not at their best, but at their worst. So there's a way for me to be uncertain about things, but I should never communicate uncertainty to you about whether you and I are okay or whether uh, the relationship will exist unless, um, unless I'm getting ready to break up with you. <laughs> Yeah, that's usually a sign right there, right? Uh, yeah, you but know. then people, but then people should either break up or, uh, or uh, you know, drop the threat. Well, you know, th- that is a really good point. I mean, breaking up is a conversation that uh, you know seems to be showing up quite a bit in our pop culture right now. Right. Um, certainly, if you use the uh, Kim Kardashian as an example, right. she took a lot of heat. Uh, for for ending her marriage, and you know, and and uh, uh, it, and it's kind of interesting because right out there you get things in the pop culture that people, especially young people, align with, and they look at. You know, what is the influence of the pop, of our pop culture here? You know, what is it that it's shaping or doing, or maybe not, Doctor Stan? Well, I think if we look to uh, if we look to popular culture for our cues and uh, and uh, and references for how to do certain things, like how to conduct uh, a marriage or a relationship, we're probably going to get the wrong uh, ideas. Um, we should be looking to uh, people who we know who are nearby. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but my wife and I um, have mentor couples that are older than us that we look up to. And uh, they're the model for us. We don't look to popular culture for that. Um, uh, we can't. I don't think it ever was a good model for people, uh, you know, to conduct themselves morally or conduct, conduct themselves in a, in a love relationship. It's entertainment, but I don't think it's, a, it's, good. <laughs> it's ever going to be a good model. No, it is entertainment for some people, you know, although I, I don't find heartbreak uh, that entertaining. But, no. you know, there is so much that you've put here in the book to help people not get to that. We're going to take a short break when, we're gonna get, when we come back. We're going to talk about this thing called eye contact that Dr. Stan talks about. How can eye contact help your relationship? What is that all about? And when we come back, we'll talk with Dr. Stan about some ways to de-stress your relationship. What can you do to bring the juicy back? Stay tuned, everybody. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Come to Seattle February 16th through the 20th for the 20th annual Women of Wisdom Conference. The theme is Radiate the Divine Feminine. Our world is ready. Our featured guests are Jean Houston, Jean Shinoda Bolin, Imsara, Yubaka Hill, and Naomi Tutu. Join Women of Wisdom for experiential life-changing workshops and evening presentations to inspire you. You can choose to attend the whole weekend or individual events. No charge for visiting. Daily activities such as the Goddess Market, Art Show, Tea House, and receive a reading or a healing at the temple. Are you ready to join a community of women who support each other in their journey to discover and develop their passions and purpose in life? Women of Wisdom is the place to be this February 16th through 20th. Go to womenofwisdom.org to discover all the diverse offerings Women of Wisdom has to offer you. 
See you there. Chat with Natalie. Getting to know yourself is a hit radio show to help you understand your existence and purpose here on Mother Earth. During the show, Natalie's passionate delivery and spot-on guidance will empower you to realize that you are absolutely perfect. Natalie and her special guests will help you raise your vibration, tap into your innate wisdom, and provide unprecedented solutions to whatever you're facing. Whether it be energy healing, holistic health, spirituality, on-air readings, and energy attunements, your life will be forever changed for the good. Join Natalie and her guests each week as together you tap into the wisdom of the Akashic Records and channel information from her Council of Isis and other Ascended Masters. Tune in every Friday at noon Pacific time for Chat with Natalie, Getting to Know Yourself on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Visit HealingIsis.com for a complete show schedule and to book a session with Natalie. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, this is Talk Radio to Thrive by Dr. Stan Tatkin joining me here today. Hey, Dr. Stan, before we kind of go into this conversation about um, eye contact, sure. um, work that you do, people can learn how to do the work that you do. And I want to just take a moment so that you can let folks know the best way um, to find out how to become a professional and help others doing this work. Well, um, uh, we train now in seven different cities uh, inside the United States and Canada, and uh, we just started going international. Uh, so there's a, there's a training program now in Spain. We'll be in Australia this year and also uh, Istanbul. So, uh, again, if, if people are in the field and they're interested in working in a really, really fun um, way uh, with couples, uh, they can go to www.stantatkin.com, um, and the approach is called PACT, P-A-C-T, a psychobiological approach to couple therapy, and uh, it's, it, it is really rewarding and a blast to do. Um, and, and we'll be doing uh, a workshop for couples uh, at Esalen this year. I believe it's in April, um, and that I think uh, people, if they're in the West Coast, or if they go to Esalen, they can contact Esalen for the schedule. Excellent. Now let's talk about this thing called eye contact. Yes. You know, first of all, it's hard to get people to have eye contact in, in general. And, you know, that's something I learned over time. Uh, growing, in New, growing up in New York, you know, you, you generally are walking with your head down all the time. But, right. you know, this thing about eye contact, what is it about it where you say that if you want to stay together, you must learn to fight well, but you also say that um, partners can rekindle their love anytime through eye contact. How does that work? Well, we are, um, again, you know, wired to connect. And the eyes are an extremely important uh, um, way that we connect as human beings. Uh, for some people, eye contact represents um, uh, dominance and shame and so on, and it's hard for them. But I'm talking about love relationships. And at some point during courtship, people fall in love through the eyes. 
Um, and uh, we could say that, uh, that love is basically up close because the brain loves a face in close-up. And lust is at a distance because at a distance, we, the visual field we use uh, tends to look at gross physical anatomy and in terms of attraction and danger and so on. But when we get up close and we look into each other's eyes, which you know, is really gazing, it's not staring, uh, we're actually looking into one another's nervous system. And uh, it's very exciting. It's very alive. It's hard to obsess about other things when you're gazing into your partner's eyes. And uh, because of that excitement, which actually causes a neurochemical reaction in the brain that's similar to uh, cocaine or opium or alcohol, uh, in other words, it uses the reward circuit of the brain, um, we start to get excited. And this excitement tends to be mutually amplified by both people. And uh, this is how we fall in love and, uh, and stay in love. This could be done every day, um, but a lot of couples don't um, gaze at each other, at least not after courtship. They don't know uh, about this, um, and it's an, it's an important skill set to have, to be able to look into the other's eyes. Fortunately for those of us who are getting older, it's good news that we stay in love through the eyes and not through our bodies. Yeah. Uh, you know, through our eyes, we all look young and beautiful. Well, you know, it's some. Uh, you know, I, I had someone uh, not too long ago mention me, mention to me that gazing into one's eyes, gazing into your partner's eyes, is a lost art. And um, and and actually, the the rationale behind that was, you know, we're so connected to social media, which has nothing to do with gazing. Right. And the question that was asked is, how do we, if this is true, is there a generation? That um, uh, of of people that are coming to be, I'm not going to say young people because it's not just young people, but a generation of people that are now being trained not to look in someone's eyes, you know, by the mere fact that almost everything they do is digital. Well, you know, this is something that actually has been uh, happening now for for a few generations, and it's not just here. Um, uh, you know, in the book, we talk about three different types of attachment, uh, the anchor, uh, the island, and the wave. Um, and uh, the island, as it sounds, uh, is more accustomed from childhood to uh, spending time alone and to stimulating uh, him or herself and soothing him or herself without the use of another person. Um, there are more of these types of people in the Western world uh, than, than there has been in the past, as far as we know. And so I don't know if, if the modern technology is um, causing this. I think it really starts in early childhood with the amount of face-to-face, skin-to-skin, eye-to-eye contact one enjoys with one's caregiver. Um, that's going to really determine the wiring in this case. Uh, so there are some people who have a hard time, particularly the ones we describe as islands, have a hard time in close-up with another person, that is, in close physical contact, face-to-face, eye-to-eye. And uh, these people can, can really be um, excited by somebody over the phone, hearing their voice, or through the Internet typing. Um, but being uh, face-to-face and, uh, and using these other tools are, are completely different, and um, they're in for uh, some uh, surprises when they do end up face-to-face with somebody. So this can only be done with another person. Uh, as I said, it can't be done through a book, can't be done through the computer. Um, 
the good thing is that people can learn to do this, even if they've had uh, a background that's been um, you know, not enriched in this way. Uh, we can teach each other to do this. Well, this is exciting for a lot of reasons. I mean, and and, I, and first of all, you know, I want to I want to commend you for um, the work that you're doing. I mean, this is so so important for all of us to remember that you know we truly have the ability to create the relationships and the love we desire. It, it's not really lost. Um, you know, I wanted to to ask you uh, about some tips for people. You know, what what messages do you want to leave with us today? What do you want to say to people to kind of help them uh, build a stronger foundation in their relationships or do some mending? Well, I'll, I'll say I'll say some some truths here about about biology and, and the brain. Most of the things that happen between two individuals that are on the level of social emotional communication happen so quickly that um, most of us really don't know what we're doing, and we don't know why we do what we do. Um, uh, the, the, the part of the brain that is operating uh, in relationships, especially close up, and especially when under stress or duress, um, is, is operating at, uh, at lightning speeds. And many times when we're in trouble and we have to explain ourselves, uh, since we don't know what we're doing, we generally make it up. And that is, uh, that is the human condition. Uh, couples who come into therapy um, uh, have a, uh, a, a, a long uh, list of theories and ideas for why things have gone wrong, and they're mostly uh, all incorrect. Um, uh, I think uh, it is very important for, uh, for people to start really paying attention to their partner's face and to know their partner's face and to be able to tell when their partner is beginning to shift into uh, a positive state or a not a positive state. Um, I think it's extremely important for partners to take responsibility for injuries and, uh, and, and fix them as fast as possible because of the way our memory, memory system works. We want to fit, we want to repair uh, negative experiences very quickly so they don't go into long-term memory. Um, that means I care more about your state right now than I do about what I'm talking about or what I'm doing. So I stop the presses and I take care of you. Um, this is extremely important. And I'd say the other thing is that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, that couples really talk about what their social contract is. Why are they a couple? What's the point? What do they serve? Um, do they have a, do they have a set of principles upon which they both agree? This is a good thing, and this is good for me and good for you. For instance, you know, we put each other to bed at night and we wake up together in the morning, or we tell each other everything. Uh, you know, you have to agree on these things. But these are things that, uh, that are good for all time, not just for this time. And in the end, really, all we really have is our agreements. Um, we agree to certain things that serve both of us, um, that make, us, make our lives better, our relationship more secure. Uh, help us perform um, to our best ability, and uh, and so like the Constitution, we come up with these these agreements that um, that are good for both of us, and we stick to them. So those I love it. The, those would be the things I'd say. I love it. Awesome, Dr. Stan Tatkin joining me here today. Wired for Love. For more information about the Dr. Pat Show, go to drpatlive.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Stan. It's been an honor. Same here, Pat. Thank you so much.
All right. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. We will see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. And the details of everything Dr. Stan talked about is in his book, Wired for Love. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today for the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Don't touch that dial. We'll be beginning a brand new show at the top of the hour with one of our amazing hosts, Transformation Talk Radio. Talk radio to change the world.